Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome. Good Monday morning to you. I'm Jason Mackey alongside Michael McHenry and you are listening, watching, pitching in. You know it as always. We're always here in the Post-Gazette podcast network and YouTube channel. Um, Same time, same place. Usually we try our best. Um, Busy Monday, of course, with Steelers going on. Uh, It's been a busy time in Pirates land too. We're kind of wrapping this stuff up and a lot to get to this week. Before we get into that, though, I want to remind you, of course, that we are brought to you, as always, by the North Shore Tavern. If you love baseball, you'll love the North Shore Tavern. I know I do. The interior, it's wall-to-wall pirates, their appetizers, entrees, cocktails, and, of course, Steak on a Stone. Open every day, the North Shore Tavern. Across from PNC Park is Pittsburgh's home for Steak on a Stone Fort. I will be sad to see the pre- and post-game vibe um, around the ballpark that I think North Shore Tavern and Mike's Beer Bar does such a great job of creating. I will be sad to see that go away this week. I will too. I will too. But much, much greater things to come, my friend. Yes. Much yes. greater things to come. That That is a an A-plus segue, my friend. A-plus. Um, and how are you? I'm good buddy? for something. I'm good for something. Um, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Just got off the, the post-game show. Tough loss. But yeah. At the end of the day, this road trip, man, it's been fun. And if you're not excited, you're not a fan. Yeah. All right. So to outline the, the show that Hold we Hold on. Have. How are you, my friend? I'm good. me? Ate yeah. that giant backwards upside down pizza in Chicago. See, so you tweeted well, out. Man. I'm sure you didn't okay. bring one to me, but it's okay. We'll pretend. Okay. okay. All right. Let's. <laughs> you know we got to start with food. I know. Always. I know. So, yeah, and I'm happy to do this. Um, we need to get you on the road for AT&T Sportsnet or Pirates TV stuff, however that shakes out. Yes. Because we go – you've been to lose, right? Lou Malnati. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, still full thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so I went there with Robbie and Caps. Um, anybody who follows me on Twitter probably saw this by now. But the backstory there is I'm, somebody asked me one time in a chat, like what's your favorite thing to eat on the road or favorite deep dish pizza, something like that. Anyway, Lou Malnati's checks a lot of those boxes. I love that place. Um, and so somebody from Lou's reached out and said, hey, we'd love to host you if you ever combine. So we went. Robbie and I went to lunch there earlier this year. And then I emailed my guy back and said, hey, can we can we come by for lunch? And and they did. They said, sure, bring, bring anybody you want to bring. And so uh, Caps and Robbie went. That invitation would obviously be extended to you. Um, but they took such great care of us, man. We... We sat down, they're bringing wings and salad and, and two different pizzas and like this dessert cookie thing. I only tweeted part of it, but it was um, it, w- it was a meal. It was a very good meal. Sounds like gluttony too, but a little amazing. 
a yeah. little bit, a little bit of gluttony. You got to do that every now and then. I mean, you're bringing it, you eat it, and you just move on. That's outstanding. I love it. Yeah. Dude, that's why I run. I, li- I literally <laughs> run so I can eat stuff like that and, and not look like a slob. So I'm telling you, I need to be a mule. I need to start plowing things. That, hey, there you go. Yeah. All right. All right. So, no, I'm doing well. Um, I, I'm in a weird situation right now. Great American ballpark. If any Reds fans or stadium employees are watching this, I'm sorry. Um, I'm in a luxury suite that I probably should not be in. Uh, but we're trying to get this recorded, and this is the easiest place. The honorary Mackey suite? Yeah, the honorary suite. And you know what? It should be. It should be. Well, it was the beginning of this year. Did we do something? I remember being on a podcast. Yeah, this was yeah. this is where we okay. opened the season. I remember being. Yep. Me, you, and Brownie. Was that? That was yep. here. I was going to see if you remember it. I didn't want to bring it up. What? No? Yeah. Three post-gazette pitching in. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm going to tell you something, then we'll move on to baseball. So every, probably the last five years of playing and thereafter, I leave a baby gnome wherever I stayed just because the thought of someone's going to find this and they're going to be like, where did it come from? (laughs) Where did the gnome come from? So I always try to do it. So hotel hotel rooms on the road, you would leave the baby gnome. Let's no, not, not just, not hotel rooms, just apartments, condos, houses that I've lived in any, anything that I've stayed more than a month, there's a baby gnome there. So if you know, you bought anything or moved in after me, there's a baby gnome somewhere and he's staring at you. (laughs) That is, you, you are one quirky individual. Yeah. I got it from uh, a Dane cook about a B and E. Okay. You know, he, he said, he was so fired up to the B&E, kicks in the door, and then he realized all he wanted to do was kick in the door. So he went in and kicked in the closet door and then left. He said, do you realize the terror I brought to that family forever? It's like, what'd they take? What did they take? So that was my thought. I was like, I'll all play right. my version of that. All right, let's steer this train back on the tracks <laughs> because we've gone way off the road. Yeah, we took uh, the playoffs away from the Reds probably. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at the standings as they relate to the Reds, but I mean, what? How we're going to get into this? And this was the structure of my game story. Come on, off of this one. I mean, the 82nd loss of the season, the dreams of the, the above 500 season have died. Uh, the Pirates are officially eliminated from playoff contention. I mean, we all expected this at the beginning of the season. You know, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, and sort of the talking point, I thought, or at least I took out of the clubhouse. It's so much different this year as opposed to previous years, you know, they reached this mark shoot shortly after the season started in 2020, um, 2021, 2022. I don't think there was anywhere near the level of optimism that there is with this team. And I don't just mean 13 to 12 comeback. I don't even mean, I think they're 16 and eight over the last, their last 24. That was prior to today. Um, you're just seeing some really good signs. Um, and so I, I don't know, I'm going to roll the ball out to you, but, you know, if I say something like that, do you think I'm crazy? I'm guessing the answer is no. But what gives you <laughs> what gives you optimism for, you know, this year and, and how, you know, might be hopefully the last year they finish under 500 and out of the playoffs for a little while? Um, I, I think the competitiveness that they're playing with. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Like even even today, like I, I thought, hey, we, we have a shot. Obviously yesterday, maybe not as much, um, but they're relentless and they feel like they're starting to come together as a group. There's a lot of guys that still haven't figured out the big leagues and who they are. And, you know, you're hoping in the off season, if they're told, Hey, it's your job. Like Indy Rodriguez takes a huge step forward offensively, you know, Henry Davis, 
but you're seeing signs. It's not like anybody's buried underwater. Um, and I think that's wait the, a second, wait a second, buried underwater. Mm -hmm. So like I think about the water, and then there's actual like ground there. You bury them under that, so they're so buried not, underwater. You're not even drowning. You're no, going. No, I will never. I will never say drowning underwater. because drowning may be one of my biggest fears. So I don't want to think about that. So okay. yeah, I'm buried underwater, you know? All right. So, so see seven and a half minutes into a podcast, we've talked about you planting gnomes in people's houses, breaking yes. through doors and You're getting closets, to know me well. Burying people yeah. underwater. Uh, just, just yeah. I'm 38, going to my one of my best friends to hang out for his birthday. We're going to do VR. So just to tell you, like, <laughs> little kid. Uh, all right. <laughs> but all that, all that to be said, I think when you look at what they're saying, you know, like Henry Davis saying to you, you know, I didn't. It's not over. We're not out of it. I, th I thought that was hilarious. What, yep. Whether it's a joke really? or not with him. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whether it was a joke or not, knowing him, it's not a joke. But, like, that's what winning teams say. That's what they do. Brian Riddle sticking up for his team and punching back, which we'll get into. Ooh. I think that's all the things that make up that these guys are fighting for each other. And I said this the other day to someone. I said, Walt Weiss every spring would say, hey, we're going to play as a team. We're going to win as a team, but when we lose play for you, hmm. no one else will know. He goes, because the reality of it is I was a player once too. And when we're out of it, when we're losing, think about yourself, think about your future and then be the best teammate you can be inside that clubhouse. But don't think about anything else. I thought that was a great way to put it because, you know, so often, you know, you'll have this great team together and they'll break it up just because of, you know, arbitrary things, not because you're actual unit, you're not betting on the human being. You know, I'm a big believer in betting that human being. So I yep. think if they play those cards right, I looked up the money aspects today for fun. So I was bored and they have a lot to play with. So it's going to be interesting right. to see what they do. They have a lot to play with. And, and I don't want to make this episode as much about targeted ads because I think we have a lot of interesting stuff to react to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think they absolutely need to patch some holes. Um, I think they have addressed this for the past couple of years saying we're going to try to make this predominantly homegrown. And then those areas that, don't grow as much as the other ones we're going to have to you know essentially pay for throw some money at and so i mean that same i feel the same way as i did for it where i want to see pitching and i want to probably see first base um i think jared triolo is making it really difficult on everybody and i love really really difficult um and and it may it changes my thinking about first base and i think we talked about that a little bit last week where we probably wouldn't go as high on first base, maybe try to, you know, if you bring in Santana in a leadership capacity and maybe he platoons with tree there. Great. I mean, that's going to cost you what three mil or something like that. You're going to get a, a guy that everybody really, really likes, um, you know, is not going to be a detriment in any way to the clubhouse. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I do. And I, while you were talking, um, you referenced Henry Davis and some stuff that he said, I talked to him this morning at length uh, for an off day piece. that's going to run tomorrow, but to sort of tease that, I thought it was interesting. I, I was talking to him about his approach for the offseason, how he's going to handle different pitching. And it ties back to something you said. Uh, depends on what the team needs from me. You see that all around with our whole team, especially in a long season where this year we're going to play 162 games. And then next year, a lot more than that. And they believe it. They believe that's it. That's what it takes. They believe it. And that's think no, what, no that's veteran. The feeling is there. Right. But like Kutch isn't there. Santana's there, not there. Velasquez. All these guys aren't there. And they just had one of the best, in my opinion, six games yep. of the season. And they're running into the offseason with a huge positive feel. Yep. 
So they're going to go in and have that fire. Yep. And I think that's really, really important. But yeah, when you start believing it and they actually start saying it, I, I'm, I'm a big believer. It's a biblical yes. thing too. Like you, what you say is what you actually believe, you know, but the actions behind it, I think bring it to life and their actions right now are phenomenal. The offense over this last 60 plus game sample mm-hmm. has been more than serviceable. In my opinion, if Agreed. you look year over year, I would argue, and I did argue in, in today's paper or in Sunday's paper, uh, that they've made progress. As mm-hmm. frustrated as everybody has gotten, um, we have. We've talked about it. And I, you know, I, I think you could probably argue that you want to see more progress, and that's, that's fine. I think they've come up short in some areas. Uh, but if you tell me we're going to get this version of Key Brian Hayes, we're going to get this version of Brian Reynolds, we're going to get O'Neill Cruz back, um, let's not forget that they've gotten little offensively from Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez. Those are dials that absolutely should be turned. And then in the offseason, you're going to go address first base. Jack Sawinski, I think, over the past month has gotten a heck of a lot better. I think they've figured out some things on the margins with, uh, you know, Josh Palacios has been a nice bat in key situations. Connor Joe has been, you know, a reliable depth guy, um, you know, with an OPS in the, the 750 range. That's not nothing. Um, you know, you get McCutcheon back, obviously. Um, I think this offense can absolutely do enough to be competitive. Now, I want to see the starting pitching addressed. I don't think you can get through with two pitchers and spare parts for an entire season. Um, but that's when I look at this thing. And, you know, we talk about can we feel encouraged? Is there a different vibe? And, yeah, I, I absolutely feel that way. I completely do. I mean, you're talking about going into next year with three, if not, well, excuse me, it'd be if no, no, Cruz is healthy. I mean, you could have four to six guys have 20 plus homers. And yep. I, I asked somebody at the office today that they were saying, oh, if we could just, if we could just, I was like, when's the last time we had two homers, two guys with over 20 homers? Right. Well, who's right? your four? Who would your 420 homer guys be? Uh, I think Key Bryan's got it easy. Really? Um, yeah, the, the, the oppo uh, home runs he's hitting is showing that he's going to be able to, you know, without a doubt, manage to hit five a month. Okay. Um, and then O'Neill so, Cruz. I, mean, I see three right off the bat. I'm just curious. O'Neill Cruz is without question. Right. Uh, Piguero has it in him. Piguero? Well, yeah. I mean, if you just put, I mean, you put. I, I want to play for you. You probably think I can hit 20. No, Adahari will hit 20 homers if he gets, you know, 350 bats. Yeah. I mean, these, these guys are going to hit homers. It's, you know, that next stage. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't even know if there's, there's going to be a lot of competition and you have a lot of guys with the ability to, you know, send back, be sent back down. Yeah. I was looking at the options today. I was mind blown how yeah. everybody still has options. So it's good. It's a good thing. It means depth, it means better playing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's one benefit here is that they don't have to tolerate poor performance. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that, you know, they have guys that are light on experience. That was another topic of my conversation with Henry this morning. I thought was really good. And, and it's perspective that most players don't get. You get Henry in the right mood and there's a lot, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was talking about how I want to make these mistakes now. You know, I want to get away now and learn from him. He's like, I don't really gain anything from, you know, obviously you want, you know, do things correctly. You'd rather do that. And he's like, but I don't, I don't get anything out of it unless I'm, you know, making myself better and doing things to challenge myself and make myself better. So that's an interest. I mean, that, that philosophy runs the gamut with this team, right? Like Pagaro the past two nights, not and he's putting pre- Yeah. He's putting, he's putting way too much pressure on himself Yeah, because they don't know where they stand. Right. You know, when Bay goes out and plays really, really well, you'll see Pagaro maybe heighten up a little more and try to do too much. It is because yeah. they think they're competing against each other 
whether it's real to them or subconscious, it's always there. But I would say like, Mackie, if you allow guys to fail, you bet on certain human beings, whether it's your first round pick like Henry Davis or Indy, and you say, hey, Indy, we want you to catch. Defensively, we need you to catch. And then he goes out and he doesn't hit. Like, he's not hitting. Like, he should be smashing comparative to what he is. Yep. Then he goes in the offseason and says, okay, now I can do both. Now I got it. Now yep. it's back to the offense, catching. I know what I need to work on and take off. You know, and that's that's what you hope because that's what they did with Mitch Keller. That's what they've done and allowed with Oviedo and some of these guys to kind of go up, down, up, down. And I think it's really hard watching some of these starting pitchers like I mean, it was really neat to see Jackson do what he did today. You know, when he just started a couple of days ago, comes in and, you know, gets some outs, pitches two innings. That's really cool. If that's the role he's going to fall into, awesome. If not, it's all learning. It's all experience that they have to utilize. But when you don't know if you're going to be back or even a part of it as a player, you are searching for that identity. I think uh, Berecki, I don't know, either you or Robbie asked this question, said, what are you seeing different? He said, I'm seeing a bunch of guys figuring out what their role is. And yeah. Until you know that and accept it, it doesn't matter. And I think they're starting to accept certain things, yep. some of them. Yeah. Baraki's been really good, by the way. I think we've talked about I don't that. know. His arm's still attached. <laughs> I mean, dude throws every day. His value just keeps increasing for me because he'll throw every day. Yeah. So Andrew Destin and I were kicking this around. I think, I think it was Andrew and I about, you know, what the Pirates should do. And he's ARB eligible. I mean, mm -hmm. theoretically, we've, we've seen those. And no options. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the Pirates walk away from guys like that in the yep. past, in the offseason. I would not with Barucki. I absolutely would not. I think there's value there. I think you've got to keep him. I think, you know, there's versatility. Um, you need They need to be better outfitted with left-handers than they've, they, they were at the beginning of the season. They got there, um, but a big reason was Barucki. But that's, that's not to take us down a road. I just like him a lot. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, so – Let's let's put that to the side a little bit for it. Maybe we'll circle back to the Red Series. I'm not super interested in that as much as I am this next topic, uh, and that's David Ross's comments mm -hmm. um, and how they sat with the Pirates. Uh, for anybody who was unaware, we're tracing back to Chicago here where the Pirates took two or three at Wrigley after the last game of the series. Uh, David Ross, the Cubs manager, said that's not a very good team over there, or not one in our, um, you know, what stratosphere or echelon or I don't know word to use doesn't matter basically said the pirates weren't a good team and the cubs were better um, ironically i think they've both been eliminated on the same day um, i also thought it was a garbage comment by the manager like you want to rip your own team rip your own team that has you have no business you know going in somebody else's yard and, and raising hell like that i just i did not like that and i'm glad the pirates responded the way they did uh, but i don't know what did you think of that i'm guessing you feel similarly to me well you gotta say the response with Brian Reynolds. And I love oh. that it was Brian Reynolds. I didn't quote my own quote. You didn't quote your own quote. I want you to quote your own quote. I don't even remember. If he if 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 we're such a bad team, then maybe he should have managed his team a little bit better and beat us, I think is what, what Reynolds said. Yeah, roundabout way. To, that's exactly what he said. And he doesn't say much, but he is a oh. super competitive human being. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's the that's the things that's gonna put these guys over the edge. Just a quick inside journalism thing, and one of the things that I love about my job, being a beat writer, like I'm around all the time, you get a feel for what guys are going to do, how they're going to handle certain situations. You can go up to them situation like this, and you, you know, so I go up to Reynolds and and I say, you know, Brian, you saw David Ross's comments, right? <laughs> yep, I said you care to weigh in. Kind of looks at me, smiles, he goes, sure, why not? 
You know, <laughs> like there are a lot of things that Brian Reynolds maybe won't talk about. He's obviously very quiet. You could tell that he was not very happy from the beginning. So I found that that funny. I didn't I didn't even use this quote for it. Um, I, I think I he, he said we went in there and outplayed him. And I said, seems like you guys are kind of taking a great amount of pride in that and like ruining teams playoff chance. He said, it's not an easy place to play in Wrigley. They're in a hunt for a playoff spot. And we just hammered them. <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. Brian Reynolds was talking a little bit of trash. And you know what? Good. He, yeah, he and- was every bit his right to say that everybody on the pirates could have said something. I thought that I thought David Ross was completely out of line. You know, as a player, I, I looked up to him as another player and, you know, just the way he's handled himself, some, some being a manager, it's really frustrating to me. I thought he'd be better than that. You should own it. I mean, that's like me putting it on somebody else. If I'm catching, yeah. he was an ex-catcher. You never put anything on anybody else. It's yeah. there. They didn't play good enough. Whatever, whatever. However he wants to wrap it in a bow for his team, he got beat. And it's not – it doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter what you think about their opponent. Reality of it is, that's a major league service serviceable team that's right. getting better and better and playing just as good baseball as you are, if not better, at the time. Yeah. So you just need to like balance that out because we've seen, and, and I get so sick and tired of big market, small market, because you look at what's happening into the playoffs. Oh, I know. I know. And and it's like baseball is different. Too. Does it give you an advantage to have money? Yes. Is it end all be all? No. You know, there's a lot of money that should be spent in different areas and it's not players. The most, like most money should be spent on development and coaches. It's like teachers, like the school system. They throw money at it, give more money to teachers, have a higher standard, and guess what? Bam! You have smarter kids, right? It's not rocket science. The same way, you know, at every single level. Like, if you want to be different, be different. Oh, boy, this is going to take us down a road. No, it's just – it's one of those things, like, I I I get so sick and tired of, of the, like, loss of, you know, reality of what's Mm -hmm. right in front of you. You know, and everything shifted with this regime – especially this year. Uh, last I look, we're either the first or second youngest team in the major leagues. We're top five in organization when it comes to minor league talent. You know, we're possibly going to have the best double-A pitching staff in all of baseball next year. If they go out and sign one or two guys, we may have the best triple-A pitching staff in all of baseball next year. And that's a big deal. That's what happened when I was in Tampa. And they have not lost since. And we have more money to spend. So I got it off, off my soapbox, off my soapbox. I'm jumping on brother. I'm jumping on because I think it's so pirates fans. And I understand why. And I want to try to give an answer that is both critical and understanding of of the situation, because Mm -hmm. I certainly understand pirates fans being mad, but I think they get mad at the wrong stuff. Sometimes great point. You can criticize the pirates for screwing up post 2015 and they have, and you can criticize them what they did in 17, 18, 19, even before that. They did a bunch of stuff wrong. I mean, that's why a whole bunch of people lost their jobs. But to me, the money spent was not as important or costly as poor drafting, poor development, becoming mm-hmm. obstinate, not getting anything from an, in, the international market. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever want to make yourself sick, and, and you know this, Ford, I'm saying this to people watching and listening, look at the Pirates' first-round picks. Like between <laughs> Brian Hayes and Quinn Priester. Yep. It, it's bad. I mean, they whiffed so many times. And and like 
name somebody internationally who came up here and contributed in a meaningful way post Marte and Polanco. That's far. It's just far too infrequent. You know, and you would hope that they've done better internationally over the past couple of years, and you would hope these guys pan out. If they don't, and if the draft picks flop, we're going to be back in the same exact problem. But you don't have to spend money in Major League Base. I mean, you'd like to spend some, and I mm-hmm. agree with you on spending on processes. I also don't think that that absolves the team. This is not a defense of, of Bob Nutting or the Pirates. No. You need to spend money when you need to spend money. Mm-hmm. This offseason, where you need to go buy pitching and a first baseman who can add some thump to your lineup, that's where you spend money. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm okay with spending on processes and do things that affect a greater amount of change. I will get down with that. But there are times where you need to spend more than $60 million. And I, I guess is the third prong of this, and then I'm going to quit my sermon, but they've maintained <laughs> that they're going to do things differently. They've maintained that they're going to spend things differently. Key Brian Hayes, eight years, 70 million. Brian Reynolds, seven years or eight years, 107 million, whatever that contract. Like, those are two atypical contracts for the Pirates. It's entirely possible they could have two long-term extensions uh, if they could sort of come out of nowhere and extend somebody in addition to Mitch Keller, who I think they will get done this offseason. I mean, that's not insignificant. They drafted Paul Skeens, who I think everybody would argue was the guy they should have drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got young, talented players up here who have been playing well above 500 baseball for two months. That's it's not nothing. They're not... They're not, they're not perfect. I'm not saying they're infallible. They mm-hmm. certainly screw things up. Um, but anyway, that's the end of our sermon. And, we started talking about David Ross and got and, to the And 22, $33 million payroll. 23, $61 million payroll. Yep. I bet next year it's in the upper 80s. Yep. And if they do that, that means we're spending close to $40, 50000000 million between arbitration and everything else. Yep. And – I think you could say, hmm, that's pretty good. Cause I think their goal is to get upwards of a hundred million dollars, but a sustainable thing. Yeah. Because that makes sense when you look at the numbers yep. where they're trying to get to, but you have to have committed guys. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get Jack Sawinski to sign this offseason. Yep. Like that, that that's what I mean, like an out of the blue one. Yeah, because you, know, you gotta do that. If you don't get those players locked up, you can see the format happening with really, really good teams when you find guys. Like Baltimore, those guys are in love with each other. Mm-hmm. They're fighting against the owner. That's not what you want. Right. Right? Because what's going to happen? They're either going to push him so hard that there's going to be resentment up and down, and you don't want that. Or they're all going to leave. Yep. One way or another. So that that's the one thing. Like, what Cleveland has, we should look at a little bit more, too. Because, you know, they had their best player signed for a lot less money because of where he is, and he wants to be there. But yep. there's a family aspect there that you don't – necessarily see i don't know if you ever watched that uh terry francona special it was unbelievable i did not unbelievable. You know, i know it exists I'm it's a giant it. family over there and i feel like that's slowly yeah. what we're creating well, you know, bob's mean, a little bit different but that's you know here or here or there it's like they got together and sat yeah. in a room and got it done but you, you know why i mean everybody you, they draft well they develop well they exactly keep and that's what we got you're going to lose at. players mm-hmm. you're going to lose players it's a matter of how well they backfill. Can they no back? Yep. Um, and the, the Guardians have done a very good job of that. And the yep. Pirates, you know, after you know coming out of 2015, transitioning to now, did not. Correct. And then they waited too long to do anything. I would mm-hmm. argue. I think they should have made the changes they made a year earlier. COVID certainly did not help them. That delayed things. And again, I'm not making excuses. It's just like, you know, if you would have ripped the bandaid off and admitted things were broken in 2018, 
uh, versus after 2019, they would have been a year further into this. And I think Mm -hmm. people are upset and reacting to them taking so much time to do it. And I, people should get mad. I don't blame them for being mad. I'm absolutely not be mad. I love that about the fan base. Yeah, I really do. I love it. I I just, it's not all about money. I mean, if you, if you told me the pirates were going to make extremely good drafting and developing decisions and and they were going to mine the international market, they were going to be like a plus across all that stuff, but their payroll wasn't going to go above 80 million. I'd sign up for it. I really would. I would, I think those processes with as whacked out as major league baseball's economic system is if you can guarantee me, those things are going to be really good. I would take that in a heartbeat over saying, Oh, we're going to grow the payroll to a hundred million, but like, we don't know what that other stuff's going to look like because then you might just be, you know, signing terrible free agents or something or seeing prospects flop. Right. You're, you're, you're creating predictability. All right. You know, and that's what I think this game should be more about is like, you know, what's the process? What are we going to bet on and bet on those things and live or die by it and then make small adjustments as needed. And I think that's what they're trying to do. I really do. Last topic for it. This is also something that irritated me. It irritated Derek Shelton and irritated Mitch Keller. It irritated everybody, but poor Hunter Stratton. Um, Although that was at least his on the record comments. Um, Admittedly, because of the timing, I didn't get a chance to talk to Hunter much off the record, but um, so this is such an insane thing. And let me go through it just to explain. Please, please do, because I haven't I haven't gotten the full story on this yet. Oh, okay. You don't know how, how it went down? I, I unfortunately do, and my brain hurts because of it. So <laughs> Hunter Stratton on um, – let me get my days right. On Friday, correct, um, was thought he earned his first major league win. Uh, he pitched two-thirds of an inning. He was the last – he was the pitcher of record, last pitcher to pitch whenever the Pirates took the lead. And so we left the ballpark on Friday night thinking Hunter Stratton earned his first win. Pirates gave him a beer shower. They celebrated, gave him the ball, whole deal. Came out the next day around noon, the Pirates learned, although it might have happened earlier. Barucki was telling me that he noticed it online um, sometime like in the middle of the night. But anyway, they changed the scoring on Hunter Stratton earning the win. They took it from Stratton, gave it to Ryan Barucki. Now, it was not the official scorer for the game. It was the Elias Sports Bureau that did this. And they did it because in determining brief and ineffective, quote, brief and ineffective, it's a clause they can invoke. Um, I would encourage people to read my story in post-gazette.com. It outlines this, it explains the rule. But to sum it up, basically, if a pitcher pitches less than an inning and gives up multiple runs, he opens the door to what is considered this brief and ineffective clause. Now, it is something that an official scorer can enact, but is not required to enact. So basically what happened, the official scorer said, no, I'm not going to do it. Or he didn't know about it. I'm not sure. Um, But went ahead and awarded the win to Hunter Stratton. So Elias then swoops in and says, wait, 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 no, we're going to do that. How how Elias has authority over this stuff, I have no idea. They swoop in and take it, give it from Hunter Stratton to Barucki, and the Pirates got ticked really ticked um baraki's been working with the pa to get it changed back he's not happy um derek shelton has you probably read his comments in my story he's extremely upset mitch keller said i was devastated for the poor kid and they have a point they have a point not to be morbid about poor hunter stratton but like what if he was sent down tomorrow what if he was sent down tomorrow and then has some sort of arm issue and he never makes it back and that was his only chance at a major league win and it got changed by somebody enacting a stupid scoring quirk that they're not required to enact. 
And even so, you did it after the fact. I don't think anybody would have been mad if they said that night, you know, before ever giving Hunter Stratton the win, say like, look, this exists. It exists for a reason. He doesn't have the win, and this this is why he doesn't have the win. And if he never had the win, they never celebrated, I don't think anybody would have been upset in Pirates land. But the fact that they gave it to him, they celebrated, and they took it away, that's – so if people followed all that, that was a lot. But that's what irritates me about him. Those nerds need to go down and tell Stratton themselves. That's what they, that's, that's the separator strategy. Well, it's just ridiculous. Like if you're going to change a hit, you're going to change an error. You're going to do anything. You walk your tail down there and you say, excuse me, Mr. Stratton. Cause it'd be like this. Excuse me, Mr. Stratton. Yeah. They'll look up at him. Point. Yeah. And they'll say, um, Tennessee boy can't survive. I just want to meet you. Congratulations. First win. And they'll walk out. Cause they don't have enough cojones to do that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, Get your middly little hands out of there, Smithers. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I I love what Elias does. I think it's a hugely important service. Like, I'm as much of a nerd as anybody when it comes to, uh, the, like, numbers and, and history and these weird I, factoids I, I and, like, it. whatever. I just think that this process was flawed. And that's the exact same thing that Derek Shelton said. Like, you know, if you do it immediately after the game, fine. Fine. It's all, you know, it's almost like parenting for it. Like you do something right away, you act right away. That that's your time. If you don't, it's not like I can come back to my kid 45 minutes later or two hours later and say, Hey, hey, you didn't do this right. We're gonna go have a timeout or something. You know, like no, you had your chance, you didn't do it, you don't have to do it. It's not like you're you know, it does not say in the rule that it's required. It said it is, I think, generally accepted, but not, or generally done, but not required i i, I would make to... it required it's simple well like yeah. do one or the other like it's a rule yeah true you can't have a right. this is kind of re- you know you can kind of shoot somebody in the leg but not really it depends on the day day time you know area but no <laughs> yes or no like it has to be cut or dry it's ridiculous yeah. i hate stuff like that yeah that that really irritated me though and I, you know kudos i'm sure they were at the game too right you know they're at the game they felt Felt what happened, saw it in real time, just like that scorekeeper that made the original well, decision. Yeah, and so I, I, I got irritated and got into some with some people on Twitter about this too. About you know they're like, oh, big deal, shouldn't luck into a win. Oh, who cares? Do his job better. Like, do you have any idea? Well, I mean, clearly they don't. Otherwise, you wouldn't say this. I don't have an idea, but I have a little bit better perspective being around it every day. What goes into a moment like that? It's not two thirds of an inning. It's not two thirds of an inning. It's living on a meager salary in minor le- in in the minor leagues for years and years and years. I don't know if Hunter Stratton's married, but like you know, yes. it's probably telling your he is. Yeah, told his whole family. Yeah, he probably gave the ball away to his mom, right? Right. And now it's well, like, by the way, <laughs> like it's, ah. you know, dude, like that's that wife, you know, being in a, a, an extended stay hotel room for a long time, where like he's not able to buy them their first home because he's making crap. And like they can't really start their lives together because he he doesn't know where he's going to be. You know, forget any physical ailments, how many long days at the ballpark, how many workouts, maybe an offseason job going through COVID without a paycheck. Um, you know, don't don't tell me that stuff doesn't matter, man, because it does. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're going to go crap on this guy's first major league win, just log off, log off and, and go get some help because like that it's just it's not cool. And it irritated the daylights out of me 
you know, one, somebody would take the win in general. He earned it. He celebrated it. That moment's done. You can't undump beer on somebody. Um, so true. You know, and, and I just, I like, I wouldn't have the gall to go do that, to say that some arbitrary official scoring thing is more important than a guy who had already earned his first major league win. So I don't know. I've let hey. criticism. Nobody cares what I think, but that's preach, my brother, like preach. Ah. I love it. I can tell oh. you're an ex pitcher too. Love it. I love it. I love it. You got to stand up for it. And I just like for this thing's so darn hard, man. Whether it is like I'm being a member of the media covering baseball is obviously not as hard as being a player. But like this isn't an easy job. No, this isn't easy for me. It's not easy on my family. It's not easy mm -hmm. on anybody. And it's a thousand times harder to play and to make a career out of it and to make it to the major leagues. You know, some how dare you try to take that away or speak critically of somebody who's accomplished that? I just I get mad for him. I'm mad <laughs> now just talking about. It. I what love it. Play. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. All right, but fix the rule, nerds, please. Like, I mean, I, I love them. I do love what they do. And I just think they take that reality out of it. Like yeah. look the kid in the eye and tell him why. Yeah. Because like you said, it was a headache trying to figure it out. I mean, I love the game. I, I, I study the game consistently. I love stats. I didn't know the rule. I didn't know that was the right. thing. Right. Because you don't think about it. It's always been arbitrary to me. It's black or white. Yep. You know, and that's what no, it should no be. No player in the clubhouse knew that rule. I didn't know that rule. Yeah, why would you? Why would you even Brownie, think about that? Pirates media relate. Nobody knew it. We were all yeah. And that's the thing is if that's going to be, it better be on SportsCenter, MLB, like explain it because it's something that the fans don't understand, players don't understand, and here we are again with another rule that we don't understand, something yeah. that's right in the middle. I mean, to be fair, Fort, I mean, that's nuance to their job that I don't understand. I don't understand Correct. nuance to catching and pitch calling and all the stuff that you understand. You don't understand nuance to writing and journalism that I understand that mm -hmm. other people, you know, that's, it, I think the term is like phenomenology. Like I can't possibly understand what you can, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you just get to like do whatever you want. Doesn't you know, you know, you know what they do have stupid, right? Right. But they do have the opportunity to clarify. Yes. And that's all that's right. like, if you do something that extreme, knowing, knowing the story at all, which I don't even know if they know the story, but I'm sure they're going to hear about it. So just, you know, release a statement. You yeah. Know? You get the emails. I get the emails. You make sure. To, oh, okay. Thank you. That, that was kind of them. They didn't maybe have to do that, but they should do that. Yep. Yep. All right. Meeting adjourned. Uh, I made it through this whole thing without getting kicked off. Very happy. You have a dinner to get to. I have mm -hmm. a hotel to get to somewhere in Kentucky near the Cincinnati airport, which I don't understand. The Cincinnati airport's in Kentucky. What? Yeah. Cincinnati airports in Kentucky. Trivia. Makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. Maybe they um, just moved it after that second game in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if we're out of here, can't take uh, this anymore. <laughs> all right. Uh, I hate this term. Smash the like, subscribe button on YouTube. Don't smash it. Just click it. That's fine. Um, if you smash your computer and break it, I don't want to be held responsible. <laughs> um, we appreciate this every week. Uh, we're going to continue them, as I've said, going through the off season, all that stuff. Um, yeah, Fort, got anything else? We good? Nope. Have a wonderful night. Drive safe. For Michael McHenry, I'm Jason Mackey. Watch us next week. 
Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. All right, buddy. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you. All right. See you.